Want to know how to keep your skin looking smooth and wrinkle-free? Join over 3 million people worldwide and try Dermawand Pro. 97% of users saw dramatic improvement with this anti-aging device. A gentle microcurrent stimulates the skin's layers, providing vital nutrients and enriched oxygen. Clinically proven to reduce the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and improve skin texture in minutes a day. Stop wasting time with expensive products. Go to Dermawand.com now and use promo code SKIN20 for 20% off free gifts and shipping. Dermawand.com, promo code SKIN20. What's up, y'all? I'm Amanda Seals, and listen, I get it. We're in some serious times, so I think some of y'all forgot I'm a comic. She had them jokes. I mean, you forgot I had a whole HBO comedy special. I be you forgot I showed love to how black women give compliments. Okay, polka dots. And threw shade to how white women move in corporate America. Stop CCing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn I get it. We've been cooped up for a long time. That's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I going to have to get? He can't drink coffee. She drinks her own piss. It's Mormon in the meth head. If you put a Mormon in the meth well, usually any record-breaking move, like, that's going to be usually in the summer. Like, like we're talking, like, May, July... Wait. You like like holiday like a Memorial Day or Fourth of July weekend. That's when. Giant... Are you fucking kidding me? What do you? Yeah. What do you mean? The summer is a good time for movies. <laughs> Where Why have you is been? that? What do you mean? I'm a comedian, and I know that people don't like to be indoors in the summer. That's why comedy. No, they sucks. don't like to be in our shows <laughs> during the summer. <laughs> indoors is fine. They're like, oh, air conditioning. That's great. They just don't want to hear us talk. Why did they listen to us talk the rest of the year? I don't know. They're so sad. That's really shocking. It's so me. funny that you don't know anything about movies. I don't know anything about movies. You're like, didn't even think that they released. No. All right. I've seen a few movies a lot when I was younger. I've seen a few movies a lot. Like I, the thing that you were, you watch a movie 25 times. I did that when I was young, like a kid. My parents had I, a I really watched stole movies cable. more than once. What do you mean? That thing that I do. Where you watch movies more than once. Oh, okay. Uh, you do a few things, but the uh, one I'm referring to without being specific uh, is, uh, is... I watch movies more than once. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't even watch them once. Yeah. All right. There's only a few movies that I can uh, watch over and over again, but... Uh, well, I guess... Uh, all right. Compared I feel like every time I talk to you, you're like, I'm watching... Da -da -da again. All right. You... You, yeah. you met me Blade at Blade Runner. Runner, okay? You met me at Blade Runner, and that was a glorious time to be alive. I had a movie pass, and 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 Ryan Gosling on the screen. I had a movie pass in my pocket, and Ryan Gosling on the big screen. Yeah, I saw Blade Runner a few times, okay? A few times. All right, compared to you, you're absolutely right. I rescind my previous comment. I do see movies a lot. Oh, damn it. I, I have always uh I've always loved seeing movies. My family was a big deal in my family. 
we would always go uh, to the movie. Remember, I was telling you this to uh, the story to Olivia about uh, free popcorn Wednesdays. Oh yeah, we would go every almost every Wednesday. I felt at least how I remember it. But we'd go to we would drive to Jumpers Whole Road Theater. Uh, which was way far away, but we went because number one, it was a dollar theater, and number two, on Wednesdays they gave you free popcorn if you brought your own bag. And boy, did we! Every single member of my family brought their own paper grocery sack, and we each got it all Wait, filled up with popcorn. A whole grocery sack? They filled the whole thing up, man. What? And then we would just throw it all. Away. <laughs> we could get, one person can't eat this, but it's just fun to have like five family members. All sitting there, we each had our own our own individual bag of popcorn, and it was it was fun. So you did a lot of family stuff as a family. I think so. Yeah, I yeah, I think we did a lot of stuff together as a family. Probably just average American family. Thank you for the water. Uh, what the hell was your childhood like? And I mean that knowing like a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, my parents met in California, full circle. My dad was in like the military. My mom was from California. And uh, they partied, did a lot of drugs. They moved to Delaware so my dad could do an apprenticeship. And they uh, conceived me at 22 and 24 years old. That is... Young, but not back then. It wasn't. No, I'm sorry. I was trying to think about how old uh, me and my wife were when we uh, conceived Ethan, but we were a little older than that. A little bit older. Yeah. So my parents were still partying very hard. Um, and uh, my dad, it just was not a good marriage. Didn't go well. So my mom left. I think I was two, and she moved to the West Coast to kind of get her shit together, whatever. She joined the Air National Guard, and uh, everyone obviously has a different memory of this, but for whatever reason, I didn't see her again until I was five. And the way that I remember it, which could be a manufactured memory, but the way that I remember it is that I didn't know I had a mom, and I thought he just got me this mom. So during the time that she was gone, I was raised in a house with five dudes. Five dudes How in their 20s. How old are you? Uh, two to five. Two to five. Almost six. With, uh, so five men and a baby. Five men and a baby. Uh, five men in their twenties. And so there's a lot of. Five boys and a baby. They're, you know. Twenties back then though was like. Oh yeah. It's like forties now. So I, uh, exactly. So I, um, I have a lot. You can see a lot of that, I think, in my personality. Um, that you were abandoned by your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I uh, was raised by men. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see that too. Yeah, but one of the biggest things is uh, my relationship with the bathroom because men would just go in the bathroom and read the newspaper for hours. And so for my for a long time, I'm a little bit better now. Not really. I still end up loitering in the bathroom for a long time. But for a really long time, I would go in the bathroom and then just sit in there and hang out just because I just was like had that in my head. Jessa, this is literally what you were doing the other night. You were texting me and saying, I've been in the bathroom for two hours. (laughs) 
you were saying I was supposed to go out tonight with so and so and do such and such, but I've just been hiding in the bathroom for two hours on my phone. Yeah. That was like three days ago. I did sit down to pee one time and got so lost on Facebook that I was still on the toilet when I had to pee again. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a relief. I was like, fuck, I should just stay here. <laughs> Our house in Delaware, before we moved to a tiny uh, apartment in California, the bathroom was 600 square feet. The bathroom was gigantic. And I spent half of my day in that bathroom just because it was like the furthest room from where the kids were. And so it was the most work they had to do to come tell me they were fighting. And it was lavish. So I spent a lot of time. <laughs> Was that not per? Was that not on purpose? I thought. I thought. It was an inside joke that I realized. No. Okay. All right. Well then. All right. So I thought it was an inside joke, the lavish part, and I was like, "Oh, that's slick, just weaving that in there, just a little joke for us and stuff." But now you just fucked it up. It could have been an inside joke if you wanted it to be. Well, then I was just like, "Oh, people aren't going to know that was ironic." You're just really worried that your rep was going to be hurt, that people were going to be like, oh, that sounds like something like Wayne Wilcox would say. <laughs> I, didn't think Jay, I didn't think Jessa Reed was using vocab such as lavish. Oh, holy shit. Lavish. Uh, All right. We have a friend who gets hooked on certain words and... Uh, Murders them. Yeah. Just the second he hears a word, he's like, oh, I like this. And he just uses it always. Uh, so uh, we have uh, snaps of Big Sky last year where he's just screaming lavish into the side of my face. <laughs> Ad nauseum. Uh, lavish! <laughs> All right. So uh, my dad takes me to live with my mom in Portland, Oregon when I'm six. Almost six. And I go from this, like, kind of sheltered life. My mother's still on drugs. But in, when you were six and you saw her again, that's when you thought that this is a I mom. I thought this was a mom my... my dad got me. Okay. This is how I remember seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's, and then my disclaimer is that my parents are amazing now. I'm telling the story about how things were in the 80s, but I'm very close to my mom. I'm very close to my dad, and so uh, that's my disclaimer. They're okay. amazing parents. Okay. <clears throat> this is a different time. So uh, I move into this trailer park where my mom lives, and within a day of living there, I know what sex is. It's called humping, and uh, it's putting your finger through your... Uh, this is the yeah, yeah this is the, yeah. the thing sliding your, your sliding your finger through a hole your uh -huh. hole created by your other fingers yeah uh that was uh how we said humping in sign language i smoked my first cigarette your first day yeah 24 hours with these little trashy ass trailer rats i was just corrupted instantly holy shit yeah so i'm like sheltered before this right yeah and uh and then just instantly in this world and adapted immediately. Just like I was born to be white trash. So uh, my mom pretended to be or hid the fact that she was still on drugs when my dad came out. And so um, I did not enjoy the trailer park life. 
Uh, there were a lot of like amenities that I was used to that I didn't have. Mm. Did I talk about ch- charging kids money to watch my mom fuck or charging kids candy to watch my mom what fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I d- I've talked about it on another podcast recently, so I was like, but if that's your reaction, then no. No, you've not. Okay, so my mom had like, it was like a sliding door for the trailer and it had a hole where the doorknob goes. She didn't have a doorknob and she fucked all the time. So I would charge kids candy to watch my mom fuck through the hole. In the door. So, Such an entrepreneur. So industrious. And so after, but after so a while. cool also. You're probably the coolest kid in the park. Well, after a while, she got a doorknob and my business fell apart. Oh, damn it. But then Supposed we only had pivot. this tiny, tiny TV. And you had to turn the channels with a needle nose pliers, which I just didn't have the hand strength for. And there was always ants in the cereal. And we were poor. We were like fucking poor and i remember as a kid like i just wanted a lighter i wanted a lighter so bad and uh (laughs) and my mom finally gave me a blue like crystal clear lighter that was empty but then ronald uh down at the other trailer where my mom hung out uh he set a mattress on fire with a lighter so then i got in trouble but like my lighter was empty these are just some random uh, memories I tripped and br- and had to get stitches because I hit my uh, knee on a <clears throat> I broke uh, whatever Nutella. broken a broken beer bottle cut open my knee. Oh. Um, we were in the trailer park for not very long, and then my mom and stepdad got together and we moved into a house. We move into the house, and I meet my best friend Chris, and Chris' dad molests me. For the next three years. And. uh, I immediately change. So I start to get really weird. And this is when I remember becoming obsessed with attention. So I don't know if I just became obsessed with getting attention. Because I wasn't getting enough from my mom. Who was an active addict. Or because I was crying out. uh, Because of what was happening with Frank. I said I wasn't going to say their names, but whatever. Well, uh, you, yeah, fuck Frank. Oh. Um, so uh, the first time I go home to visit after I start getting molested by Frank, I... Back to dad's home. Back to dad's. I uh, am crawling around on the floor like a dog and only <laughs> barking <laughs> through the entire... Like to where he was like, okay, Jessica, it's not funny anymore stand up and and my uncle at one point was like this is ridiculous so I lifted my leg and pretended to get to pee on him and I got in trouble I got in trouble for that one um I just became weird as fuck just insanely weird and uh and kind of made myself not credible is the ironic thing about it is that when I started trying to tell people that I was getting molested because they would have you like watch these movies about uh in school about inappropriate touch and once they did that i was like oh that's happening to me i have this guy sticking his fingers in there and uh i never liked the way it felt every morning when i would go to his house and sit he'd make me sit on his lap and uh, i never liked the way that that felt but then there were very inappropriate things on like on top of the the daily leg rub 
And so I started telling my teacher and she just like took notes for a year, had me come in and give her like a weekly digest of my, my molestation that week and never did anything. No, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. What do you mean? She, she like, did she sit like, Jessica, come here on Friday morning and yeah. tell me what happened? After, like, I want you to stay during recess and then I'd be there and she would be like, okay, what? so what happened this week? And I would tell her and then she would never do anything. And you saw her writing notes down? I don't remember that part. Was she just, but you, you. I was verbally telling her and went to her after one of these fucking assemblies or whatever and said, this is happening to me and Nicole. My friend Nicole was also getting molested by him. And uh, so she asked me and Nicole. And Nicole wasn't weird. And Nicole hadn't lived in the neighborhood very long. So it just started happening to her and wasn't happening to the extreme. Like, because mine, it was very progressive with me. And so, but I didn't want to give up my so best friend. So I did What do you mean you didn't want to give up your best friend? I knew that if I told my mom that I wouldn't be able to hang out with Anyway. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Nicole. But wait, hold on. What did Nicole say? What, did the teacher ever talk to Nicole? When yeah, like, like oh. we would talk to her together. And and nothing happened? Nothing happened. Then we moved to fifth grade. And he does the most heinous thing he did to me the entire time. While my parents are out of town and I spent the night there. And the next day, because I knew he also, like, I heard him, like, beat and rape his wife. And I watched him go in and do things to So I knew oh that this dude, like everyone knew what he was doing, right? And yeah. he was very mean. And his tactics for making me keep the secret were so mean. And, uh, and he was very abusive to every and controlling to everyone in his household. And so I told, he did this, he did this thing to me in a bathtub in the middle of the night. And the next day, we were outside in my backyard, even though my parents were out of town. And I was like, we should just do something. Now, meanwhile, I'm in fifth grade. I've left Miss Roman's class, but she still comes and gets me every once in a while to get a fucking update. Bullshit. Swear to fucking God. Miss Roman is still coming and getting an update. Getting an update. We, and we have no idea if she does, if she passes this she on to anyone. She never, well, here's what happens. So I tell uh, you know, that thing that your dad does to all of us. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, oh but you do oh. know what I'm talking about. Like, I see him go in the room. Like, I see you crying. Like, how he makes us all sit on the lap and, like, touches us everywhere. Like, he's not supposed to do that. And she says, don't ever talk to me again and runs away crying. And I'm staying at their house. My parents are out of town. I go back to the door. Oh, no. I'm, like, nine right now. I go back to the door and her mom says, don't you ever come back here again? No. And I'm just devastated. And I go back home and I sit on my porch for a few hours until my parents come back to town. And I don't, I don't feel close to my mom. I don't feel like I can tell my mom this. Like I don't. So my mom comes home. I don't say anything. I get to school the next day and Miss Romans pulls me out of class and yells at me. Nicole doesn't come to school I just want Nicole so bad because I just want someone because now I'm little so I'm like am I wrong did this not happen how could people react that way because I always felt like there was a conversation that was never happening between us but where we knew we shared this trauma and her reaction where I was like crazy was so but yeah. then I think like I look back now and I'm like oh the psychological damage that he did to me about 
to get me to stay quiet. I can't even fathom what it was for her. And his wife. So, uh, yeah. So his, I mean, we watched him chase his wife bloody down the street. And he was like a fucking, a real high up in some church. And my mom sold drugs. So, uh. All right, so Miss Roman yells at you? Miss Roman yells at me for saying anything. I told you not to say anything. I told you I was handling it. And so hold on, wait a second. All you did was say something to, and then tells her mom. Tells her mom, and then her mom tells other people. Must have gotten back to Nicole and Nicole's mom, because like the mom must have called Nicole's mom because she Nicole was mad at me. Okay. Everyone was mad at me. Everyone was mad at me, but Miss Romans didn't say like this didn't happen. She just acted like I there was some undercover sting that I fucked up. And Nicole, <laughs> I just imagined her going like Alec Baldwin and departed on you, you stupid motherfucker. You. St- <laughs> Do you know how long we've been putting together the case against Costello? You dumb fuck. <laughs> Just Alec Baldwin, a nine-year-old little blonde girl. You. Oh, God. Nicole was mad at me because she didn't want her mom to know. Oh, fuck. This is really. So sorry. I didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole. So I. We're in it now. I go home and I have to tell my mom. That I was getting molested. Who do you think? Like, what, the f- what was Roman doing? I have no idea. If it wasn't I'd pay this. a million dollars. She has to be dead now. But I would pay a million dollars to know what that fucking lady's angle was. Plus, <sighs> I would pay a million dollars for my parents to have been a little more checked into reality. Because she could have sued that fucking school. My mom missed so many opportunities to sue people over my shit. I got hit by a car when I was six and she let the people off the hook because I, okay, well, so I hit the back of their car somehow because I don't pay attention. I was chasing the ice cream man and I was just like running and the car turned a corner and uh, I hit the back of it, but I was out unconscious, had to get stitches in my head and she just didn't sue the fucking insurance company. Like, mom, I could, I could have a f- trust fund right now. She probably would have spent it on drugs. Jessa, but still, I, I thought for sure your sentence was gonna end. I would have given a million dollars <laughs> for my parents to have been a little tuned in and like taking care of me emotionally. Like, or, I wish my parents would paying a, sl- a little bit more attention and put a stop to the years long molestation. And instead, you're like. My motherfucking parents didn't give me no goddamn money. (laughs) They didn't sue any of the people that molested me or hit it or ran me over with their cars. Uh, She's like, all right. Here's the thing about telling your parents uh, someone's molesting you, all right? Like, you got to hit that sweet spot where they've molested you enough where you can get a lot of money out of it, you know? <laughs> Don't tell your parents right away. But also, it sucks if your parents never find out because then you, either way, you're not getting oh, any money. fuck. So in the conversation with my mom, I just tell her that Frank's been touching me. She doesn't want the details. 
right? And mm. she says, I never had a good feeling about that dude. I hated that dude, but you insisted on being over there. And I think probably from her point of oh, view, wow. is like Another as if you're adult getting that's uh blaming you though. But this was the this was the eighties, man. This was how people in 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 the eighties it was like, Well, why did you keep going over there if you were getting molested? She didn't say that, but I mean like there has to be a she definitely tried to get me not to go over there and she did not fucking like Frank. I will give her that. I went over there anyway, and I absolutely let that dude do the things that he did for as long as he did. I was Costello's mo- first name is Frank, also in the really? Departed. That's by funny. The way. <laughs> okay, so uh, during this era, I do think uh, there was five days in a row where I ran as hard as I could and slammed my head into a pole. What the? F- God damn it! Uh. Until finally they had to send me home because I just had this huge thing on the side of my head and they thought I had a concussion. A lot of like weird, just really bizarre behavior we'll get into over the course of the, the future podcast. But my mom in the conversation is like, I sell drugs. He knows I sell drugs. Like I can't call the cops. And nine-year-old me completely understood that. Like nine-year-old wow. me was like, yeah, of course. So we moved. Anyway, long story short, uh, my childhood was was weird yeah Um, my mom was on drugs my parents then both remarried and started to build families and so my sisters are eight nine and ten years older younger than me and uh i just got lost in the cracks kind of also your childhood was kind of over by 16 you were yeah yeah i was obsessed with the idea of emancipation from the time i was like i just grew up really fast so by the time i was 12 all the shit that you knew when you were nine the idea of being under the thumb of an like someone else telling me what to do was just I could I fucking hate, it was so against everything within me that I wanted to get emancipated but I was bad at school and was always in trouble and so I had no way to get emancipated and I loved the idea from the time I was like 14 of having a kid so that I could be an adult and I wasn't planning that when I had a kid, but I went and got married and just at 16 and was so glad. We just passed two possible One Tree Hill references. That uh, Oh, is that what I saw? There? I saw you like saw my <laughs> trying eyes to go, hold them back. Ah, ah, ah. Um, okay, so uh, I got molested when I was a kid and I had completely blocked the memory and repressed it and i had no idea until um yeah like last last year last summer about a year ago uh around i don't it was long no it couldn't have been that i can't so much i've my concept of time now is so bad yeah um but uh, what I do know for sure is that it was after my wife left, right? Okay. Um, and I was at home with my family. Uh, I'm certain my parents think I was drunk that night because why else would I behave this way? But I had it. I wasn't drunk at all. Uh, I was just upset. This was after Cincinnati. This I was still so pissed about people on oh, Facebook about Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay, so I make a post on Facebook about like, hey, uh, should I should I move should I move to Cincinnati? 
weigh in below or something like that. I used some phrase where I'm like, I just want right. your opinion. And all I was looking for was people who had lived in Cincinnati, specifically comics. Like I wanted to know what thoughts were on the city as a whole because I was I was like, huh, this might be a place I want to live. Uh, I was thinking like it's one of the cheapest cities in America. It's central. It's there's, such a great comedy scene. Yeah. and the, But also just like within a five-hour radius, there's a hundred different clubs you could perform in. I'm like, right. for a road feature, which is what I was, I was like, that sounds like a, a good place to live. I want more opinions on it. And all I got, <laughs> all, I, all I got were a bunch of people being like, oh, I don't think you should uh, leave your son. Uh, oh, I don't think... Uh, I, I think you should live wherever your son is. And, oh, I don't think. And I am very fucking protective of my son. And I get very, very, like, indignant if you would ever suggest that, like, I wasn't going to. I was just so mad at these people. And um, I, like, I made a few comments, like, replies to other people's comments where I'm like, yeah, no. Uh, oh, oh, I said, someone said. Uh, something about uh like uh I about where my son like being near my son. It was like it's a club owner, it's a comedy club <laughs> owner who I don't know very like and he just like he never comments on any of my stuff. He just and uh, and all of a sudden this is what he writes and he's like, I think you should be next to your son and I wrote, Oh shit, fam, almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Good looking out. Oh shit, fam! Almost forgot my actual fam. Uh, and so then, more comments, more, more. Even after I'm doing these sarcastic replies, more comments are coming in, and I just get so upset that I make a second post that then says, um, "Hey, should I?" <laughs> Jessa loves this story. It was like. Um, should I remain in my son's life and be like a constant uh, presence and like support system for him? Or should I just leave and never see him again? <laughs> so hold on. Like, please. And then I wrote like, please weigh in below. <laughs> just, and I felt like that phrase, I felt like even if you did not know who I was, I phrased that Facebook post, that second one in such a way that you could tell that it was sarcastic. <laughs> you yes, you could. I saw that post and was like, damn, dude, he is really going through it. I didn't see the first one. I would have gotten it if I saw the first one. But I only saw that one and was just like. But this goes with what I what I was telling you about earlier today. Where like I, if I, if somebody thinks something of me, I just lean extra hard into it as like a fuck. Because I'm like. <laughs> Because I don't owe it to you to prove otherwise. If yeah. you actually think that I'm a deadbeat dad, fuck you. I don't care what you think. Oh dad. god, I love so, indignant Aaron. Uh, so I I make this other post, which I'm like, all right. Even if you if you didn't know me, maybe it'd be weird. But all you people know me. Right. You know how important my son is to me. You know uh, what a good dad I am. You know me. You and you know that I'm a comedian. You asshats. But. What I didn't take into account was the emotional toll my previous months of Facebook had taken exactly. on the rest of my friends. I didn't realize how my how my hilarious posts about divorce were making everyone worried about me. 
Because people don't get it. I'm like, if I'm joking about it, I'm fine. Right. I'm making myself fine by joking. If you didn't hear from me during yeah. the divorce, that's when you should have, like, if I hadn't made a sad post, you yeah. should have sent me a message. I'm like, hey, man, you okay? But people didn't get that. So they were all extra worried about me. So they were all so, they were all certain that I was about to abandon <laughs> Ethan and move to Cincinnati. <laughs> um, How was that thread? So, that th- the yeah was there a thread on that one yeah i can't i'm sure i i, I yell oh no one oh, fuck this dude who i did not like who's so annoying i liked his i liked he had, he brought interesting stuff to my facebook feed he was all very localized i loved all the salt lake government stuff that he would share like as a good facebook friend he was interesting but as a person i couldn't fucking stand the guy <laughs> And he's he left some really condescending comment about like uh, what's best for looks uh, so, like I had by that point there were a ton of people on that thread who got the fucking joke okay. and people that were just like saying even worse stuff you know right. people that were just you know all these comics were just saying. Uh, awful things about abandoning kids and stuff, and it's like good. That's what I want. Yeah. And uh, and then this guy comes in and is like, oh, well, uh, sorry, uh, your friends are making such light of the situation, but uh, I-, I could say that you know a-, a presence in a child's life is very important. Blah 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 blah. And then I can't remember exactly what he said, but then I used how what he, how he phrased it for a comeback about how condescending he was being. Yeah, like he was, uh, like he said something about my friends and how they're just be, uh, you know, uh, making dark jokes. And I was like, well, I mean, that's better than being super condescending. And there was like, so I mean, there was a little bit of back and forth, but I felt like for the most part, on the second post, people did get it. Okay, but. So I, I was mad that night because I had just talked to like two other people in Boise who were saying that they were worried about that post. And I was like, you guys know me? Why the hell would you be worried about that post? And I was mad. I come home and I tell my brother that I'm mad. And my brother's like, yeah, man, everyone was fucking worried about that post. It's not obvious. And I was like, Shh. and so I'm just like still upset, right? Right. And I start having this fight with my brother for no reason. And... I say something about like, I'll kick your ass as I, as I'm walking up the stairs, he's like down in my parents' basement. And he says one other thing that I don't remember, but I was just like, good, I'm glad. And I just immediately threw off my coat and just start storming back down the stairs. And I, I get down in the basement and he's already like stood up and is like looking around, like what the hell's about to happen. And I just start swinging on my little brother and yeah, just like real on fist fight. We are, we're going at it. And this is in the middle of the night. My parents wake up uh, and come downstairs and like try to break a break us apart. Did, have they, you guys fist fought before? Uh, that's our realest fist fight. Okay. I still didn't. I still had chances to like you know like hit him in the face and you know I don't. I it happened so fast, but we didn't really hit each other uh, in place. I don't know. It happened very fast. But my parents come down like in their underwear, <laughs> like in their in their garments. My dad's in a gar- in his like Mormon <laughs> garments and a sleep apnea mask. <laughs> And, and he's break, breaking us apart. And, and I'm like, I am still out for blood. Like, I'm like, get the fuck out of my way, mom. Like, my mom had to stand in front of me. And, oh and like, and she thought that that would stop me. And it would not. I was like, I'm going. I'm just, I mean, I was, just, I was, this is very, that's why I don't think it was last year. I think it was even further because like this divorce was so, so fresh. And, uh, 
so this starts this whole family fight this whole big thing because my mom is say my mom told me that she would uh that she wanted me out of she was like you can leave because we were i was there with ethan who was sleeping in this in this uh room right next to where this whole fight is happening oh my god um he sleeps through everything he's such a champ i love him and uh she's like you can go and she didn't mean it she meant that like as a threat and i just immediately was like uh yeah absolutely i'll go i don't have a fucking problem leaving i don't need to be here i'll take ethan right now and like i just like walked into the room and like picked up like ethan asleep i was like we'll leave in the middle of the night and you'll never see us again uh and uh so i can't remember how but we that doesn't happen i don't leave uh ethan stays asleep in the room and then we're all out in the living room basement the basement living room uh and just so much stuff is coming out we're just like hashing out so much stuff we uh, I called out my mom. I was what I, I remember saying, like, I mean, shit got stuff that I hadn't even like, I didn't think about stuff. I didn't know that I was upset about came out. I was like, uh, uh, I said some pretty strong, I don't think I said fuck you, but I, I, I said some pretty strong things to my mom. This opened up a lot of, a lot of wounds. Wow. Right. And so we're, we're getting into this shit. My brother is doing most of the talking. And he says something and something in my brain clicked and I was standing up in the living room and I collapsed to the ground and I just started sobbing on the floor uh, because I knew that my sister had molested me when I was little. And it was like I had locked it away for so long. And suddenly it was just like, boom. And I didn't like have like memories of the molestation. But it was like suddenly I could remember all this stuff around it. And I, all these memories that I always had suddenly made sense. Uh, and like everything lined up. So this all started, I, I, I brought up something to my therapist once in like my very first meeting. When all I wanted to talk about was like divorce stuff. Right. And she immediately started asking me questions that I only thought about later. She was like, uh, do you have a pretty good memory? And I said, actually, I have a great memory. I have a hard time watching movies again because I remember them so well. Like I have this. Yeah. She was like, what was your kindergarten teacher's name? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, all right. I don't have that good of a memory. I don't know who remembers their kid- kindergarten teacher's name. And she said, what was your first grade teacher's name? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I think kind of uh, we moved a bit. We actually had a couple first grade teachers. I don't know. Said, Who's your second grade teachers? And I was like, I, I, Who's your third grade teacher? I was like, Mrs. Newell. And then I could remember everything from third grade on. But I was just like, at, the, at that time, it didn't seem weird to me because I just thought like, I'm old. I'm, th- I'm 30 now, so I can only remember until I was eight. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And then, but uh, I found most people remember their kindergarten teacher's name. Did you know that? <laughs> all of my friends that I've told this story to, when yeah. I tell the story, they just say all their teacher's names. And I'm like, uh, all right. Uh, and in second grade, uh, I acted out at school. Uh, and... 
similar. My parents didn't know. Like I, they didn't. Uh, but I, I tried to hang myself in my second grade classroom. What? While it, it was just like I was, it was just a cry for attention. Like right. I couldn't have actually done it, and the entire class was in the room when I was doing it. You know, so I remember all the lights were out. Like we were watching something on the projector, or, or you know, like those, like the old school projector things. And uh, anyway, just like I, I, uh, I, I took this thing and like passed it through itself, and was like trying to like uh, uh, tie it up so I could choke myself with it. And they maybe go talk to like the school counselor and my parents were called in and then we never talked about that again. Wow. And what a weird thing that was to do. And suddenly I was like, oh, yeah. And then I could think of all these other things I did in second grade where I was just I was looking for attention. Like I pretended to have bad eyesight so that I could get glasses. I did um, that. Yeah. So I, was, so I, I could have and this appointment with me. a doctor so that they could do this thing and I could yeah. feel special. And the, my parents would have to spend money on me to get these glasses that I don't need oh and actually God. hurt my eyes to wear. Cause I'm just like pretending, I don't know what answers to give as he's like swishing the thing over my eyes. So I just like make stuff up and I'm like, he's the first one or the second one, first one, or the second one, yeah. second one or the first, you know, and I, then I get some fucking prescription that makes no sense for my eyes and I don't <laughs> like to wear them. And my parents are I like, I have never what? So on the way there, my mom says, by the way, if you lie, they have a machine that will beep. <laughs> and so I ended up not needing glasses because I was afraid that the machine would beep. But I absolutely was pretending Smart to not be move, able to Diana. see. Yeah, it's slick. Because everyone just assumed I was lying about everything. Hmm. Um, anyway, I did all these things. I also remembered that in those years that we were moving in first grade and stuff, uh, I shared a bed with my sister. We shared. We were moving from different apartments, and we had uh, a couch that was a pull-out bed, and that was what uh, me and my sister slept on. And all these things just lined up and made sense. I mean, re more recent things. I had been struggling with depression for like four years before that, and I didn't know what it was about at the time. Right. But it's because things happened that triggered those memories, those yeah. memories that I couldn't actually remember. So I had no idea why I was so depressed because I was still, your brain was, my brain was fighting that. so hard yeah. against itself to unsurface it and keep it buried, you know? Uh, and, uh, it explained how I felt around her. Just like suddenly I understood exactly why I always feel so uncomfortable around her. I just, because I would go through these cycles where I would ignore her and hate her and then feel guilty because she's my sister and she wanted to, she wanted to see uh, Ethan so bad and she just like, she liked me a lot. She always wanted, she always wanted to come to my shows and support me and that would make me happy. And then the second I saw her at the show, I clam up. I have nothing to say to her. I don't like standing next to her. She would like talk. And my plan had been like to reconnect with her because I hadn't seen her in a while. We're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to talk. But then when she would get there, she would start talking to me. And I'd be like, I hate this bitch. I hate this bitch so much. Wow. Fuck, fuck everything that she says. I hate every. I'm just like such a dumb bitch. Like I have all these uncomfortable feelings. And so I just I shut down in situations like that where I just am like. I feel like it's very obvious that I don't like you. I'm not talking to you. I'm not, you know, there's nothing in my body language that says it. And she would just ignore all those things. And I just, anyway, all this stuff gets explained. 
and I collapse to the floor and I just start sobbing and my family has no idea what's happening and no one moves a muscle to come because my brother is also still talking and my brother <laughs> has got like all this stuff that he wants to get out and like he's like you know I just got started like I just got the conch shell like it's my turn and so he just does, he doesn't even break in cadence he just keeps telling a story and I'm just like on the ground crying and my parents are like I guess we know that he's going to be mad if we stop paying attention to him for his brother so I guess we'll just keep listening to him because he's got this oh also it seems a lot easier to listen than it is to like hug. <laughs> hug no it seems hard. Good friends. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, my, I think my mom gave, like gave an excuse about like having knee surgery or something. Now she couldn't like have, <laughs> she couldn't have like bent down. <laughs> Because I was all the way on the floor, she couldn't have like bent down to hug me. <laughs> also, I had probably just been. Also, I feel like I've learned that uh, I'm pretty scary when I get angry, and I feel like all I want is someone to come hug me. But I've, like a few minutes before, I'd probably been like, "Fuck you, mom! Why don't you kick dad out?" Like you know, I'd said something really awful to her, so she probably didn't think that. In her mind, she was like, she's a she's a great mom. Yeah. She wanted to hug me, but she was just like, I don't know. Is that going to make him more mad? Yeah. And also, I'm I'm positive my parents thought I was drunk, uh, <laughs> but they'll they would they'll never ask me that because they don't want to know the answer to the question, you know. <laughs> so they just ignore it. But I feel like as emotional, it was so unusually emotional that I I had to have seemed like I was on something that night. But anyway, so they don't hug me. I call Tabitha that night and leave her a voicemail. It's in the middle. It's like 3 a.m. I don't know why I thought. Well, I do know why I thought. I mean, it just explained so much. She hated how depressed I was. She hated that she couldn't fix me and that I was just. And I felt like, hey, I have the answer. And yeah. this is a huge moment. And I have no one to share this with. I have no one to tell. My family didn't really give a shit. I wanted to tell someone else that loved me, um, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, there's this part where I thought, like, if I told her I figured out what the problem was, that she would... I mean, she'd be, this must have been right after the divorce. Yeah. That she'd be like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, let's... Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was weird. Um, I also called her sister that night and tried to leave her a voicemail. <laughs> her sister had been my best friend for a long time. The uh, one from the joke? No, not that one. Oh. Definitely not that one. <laughs> I, I am. Just for. Oh, I know. No, no. Or Todd. Um. No, she had a younger sister that I was really close to, and she and her husband were the first people that I told that Tabitha was going to leave me. Oh. And I cried with them, and I don't cry with many other people. Uh, it's, or I had it at that point, then thank God, like the tears <laughs> just started flowing after that. But uh, I I held, I clutched, I clutched her and just cried 
on her chest and she held me. She told me that she was always going to be my friend no matter what happened. And her husband said the same thing. And I believed him. But they couldn't. They, yeah. I think when people talk about picking sides, they're like, you don't have to, you do have to pick sides in divorce when it's, I know you're, you, you and your husband are the best at getting divorced and stuff, but like in that situation, yeah, I get it. And they, she picked her sister, but it still doesn't mean that I'm not sad about it. But anyway, so like I was trying to call people that night. Anyway, I didn't get any of the reactions that I wanted that night. And so then I never told anyone else. Uh, and I was just dealing with all the divorce shit. Right. And so I just put this thing off to the side. I put it off to the side, sort of kind of dealt with it in, in tiny doses. Um, that night, I deleted my sister off everything. And I have never, I have never texted a word to her since, and I've never seen her since. She doesn't show up to family functions? No. Is she not invited? Yeah. Uh, and and that, she doesn't fight that reality? Uh, she doesn't, no. Huh. Uh, there's this whole other part of the story that's just not my story to tell. Yeah. So I won't. But like, uh, uh, I really, I, I think I'm certain that it makes her sad. And I am almost positive that she loves the martyrdom of it. I'm sure she Ugh. loves loves being the victim that's like, oh, I can't uh, go home for Christmas. And I think uh, <laughs> jerk off motion <laughs> for the viewers, at, uh, listeners at home. Uh, but I... Uh, yeah, I didn't tell anyone until um, uh, fall of last year. Wow. It was the first time I told someone. Uh, I had been thinking about it. I'd gotten to a point where I was progressing far enough in like my like heartbreak, divorce, sadness that I was ready to process something else. Yeah. Started thinking about it more. My massage therapist was like, your what chakra's in your throat? Oh, the throat chakra. That's yeah. Not, yeah. What's, what's, what's that called? The chakra that's in your throat. She was like, "Oh, your throat chakra is all clogged up. That means you have a secret, but that's not like you. You're, you don't have any secrets. You're really open and honest." And I was like, in my head, I'm like, "Well, I've got one." Wow. And then a little bit after that, this girl was like massaging. She was like touching my face, and she was like, "Do you feel this? Feel this knot?" She's like, "Do you know that you keep your secrets in your jaw?" And I was like, what? This is like it, within like a week or two, the second wow. time uh, uh, a person was touching me and talking about my secrets. She was like, you know, you keep secrets in your jaw and then touched. She was like, what do you think about when I push right here? And I immediately thought about my sister and I was like, I don't want to tell you. And a few days after that, I, I finally told someone and then. I told two people on the same day because I told I told Jacob in the parking lot before we watched it. <laughs> and uh, and then I just started telling more people and 
I don't know. I feel like I've made a bunch of progress in the last uh, few months. We were just talking about how you you tell me things, and I go, "Well, I'm not ready to hear that." Yeah. Yeah, like the the one of the first thing you were one of the early people that I told about it because I mean I felt like I knew. Actually, this was like before I even really knew you. This is the first night of us talking at Lucas's house. Yeah. And you were talking about walls or partitions that people put up. And I was like, I really only put up one. You want to know what it is? <laughs> I just like immediately was like, hey, actually, let's just take it down. And I told you, and you asked a few more questions. And then you said, uh, who do you think molested her? Uh, and I was like, I'm not ready to think about that. Yet. <laughs> I had never, that thought had never crossed my mind. But like. My therapist, I think, then asked later asked me like the exact same question, said the same thing. Just because she was so young, yeah, when she was doing it. To how me, old? So how young. much older than you is she? She's like three years older than me. So okay. When, um, I I was five. She was eight. Yeah. Uh, but it was probably when I was it happened when I was six or seven. But. Uh. Anyway, I drive past her house so much in the last year, uh, which is weird. Uh, she lives in a different city, and but like the friends that I had, and that's whenever I went there, I would stay with one friend, yeah. Drew, and he lived in her neighborhood, and I would always end up try. I could. She lived on this main street in that neighborhood, so to get to Drew's house, I'd have to drive past hers, and I always see her car. I could see her Idaho plates, and I always think about like. It'd be great to just walk up with a knife and just slash her tires. Yeah. I just kind of want to slash her tires. And then I was just there recently and I got an Airbnb because Drew has moved to LA and the Airbnb was right next to her house. It was oh like around God. the corner. And I had, I had just like got the thing last minute. I didn't really see where it was until I was like pulling it up on my maps and I'm driving past her house again and thinking about, Slashing her tires. tires. And so when you said that you slashed uh, Frank Costello's tires, (laughs) uh, I was like, no, no way, man. Uh, That's what I want to do, too. But I just the more people that I've told. I wrote I wrote this dumb sketch out. Yeah. Remember the. Yep. uh, I wrote a sketch called for me, too. Uh, yeah, this was, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before hashtag me too started. Yeah. And I mean, they had a much more succinct, uh, title. <laughs> Their title, the, me too is catchy. The title for my sketch was everyone in the world, everyone in the world has been molested. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, and it was just, a, a like a guy in a restaurant, like telling his friend, Hey man, uh, I was molested when I was a kid and his friend being like, what? Me too. I was molested as a kid. And then there's someone else in the restaurant who's like, hey, were you guys molested as kids? <laughs> I was. And then someone, and then like, it just keeps zooming out until like, it's just a shot of the world in outer space. And you can just hear this giant chorus of people just like all in unison being like, I was molested. <laughs> and I, because uh, every person I told yeah, then told me their story. Every single person it was like, oh, my brother molested me, or uh, I had a neighbor who molested me. Yeah. I had a teacher who An molested me. An entire generation got molested. How the fuck does that happen? And I'm like, Me Too has started, and and a few guys did jump in on Me Too. Not, I know me. 
like a few guys got to share their stories as yeah. well. But it's definitely the Me Too movement was centered on females. Right. And it wasn't centered on child molestation. It was centered yeah. on sexual assault. But like we and I but I I honestly I really I really believe I re, it really feels like everyone uh, in my age got molested yeah. and no one talks about it. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. It's one of these things where everyone thinks it was just them. Well, how the fuck does that happen? It should be just them. It should it should be well, an I isolated think for incident. Men, uh, there's more shame. Uh, we're coming out of that, but there was definitely more shame in it for boys that got molested mm-hmm. because of all of this. Uh, no, I mean, I just meant like it's nuts to me more than that. There was a generation of kids that got molested. There was a generation of adults who couldn't stop molesting kids. That's what I meant when I was like, it should have oh. just been an isolated incident. Yeah, it should have just been some of us, but it's all of us. Almost everyone got molested. And I think, how the fuck does that happen? There's also, uh, t- I and I can't, that. and I, it makes Religion. me so mad that old people, relig- <laughs> yeah, but like old people say much, so much shit about our generation and like how it's, well, oh, it's yeah. not like it used to be. Oh, they got on their cell phones. Well, you, you stuck your, you pulled. stuck your fingers up our pussies. So why don't you, <laughs> why don't you let us get on our smartphones? Shut up, Frank. Shut up. Holy uh. shit. I know it just makes so me so mad. many people that were molested by people high up in religion because it creates. Okay, so here's the thing about me getting molested as a kid. Because I have, it's hard for me not to project that. Uh, it's hard for me not to let that affect my parenting style. Because I never want to let my kids spend the night anywhere. It takes me so long to uh, feel comfortable with the parents before my kids can spend the night, but my kids are terrible candidates to get molested because uh, you can't, they aren't controlled by a religion, so there's no fear of, um, or shame that you can put in them that would like bounce right off of my kids. I have a good relationship with my kids where we talk a lot. My kids know what their body parts actually are so when I was a kid, you called it, goo- my sisters called it their goo-goo. I called yeah. it my hoo-hoo. And this this thing where you, we were raised to be so ashamed of our body parts that we didn't call them what they actually are, you just completely groomed children to get molested. Because we were immediately ashamed of our genitals. We didn't understand how they worked. I didn't know I was getting molested until they showed a video at school. And yeah. then I was like, oh, he... Dude puts his fingers. I knew I didn't like the morning massage, but I just don't know if I ever liked being touched or if that was a symptom of I just I knew I didn't like the way it felt. But he had already stuck his fingers uh, up there by the time like within a week of me being friends with. But the way that he did it, he blamed it on me because I was like wet. And uh, wearing like shorts that were wet. And so he was drying me off and then was blaming me the whole time. Like I was making him do this because he was drying me off and then was just like wandering with his hands and then chastised me while he was doing it for not wearing underwear. Like how dirty and gross that is that you do that. And so I just was like very open to this programming that I was dirty and and gross and trashy and whatever because that was like really his angle. And uh and 
um where was I going with that? Oh, but so it wasn't until the layer like, a few incidences like that. It wasn't until I watched a movie about what inappropriate touches that I knew that that's what was happening to me because we didn't we're like my daughter, like my kids, Phoenix is already fully versed on her vagina, how her vagina works. She pretty much knows what sex is already. Uh, yes, when you put your finger it's in It's when you put your, your finger in the hole. Yeah. It's called humping. <laughs> and, uh, and she understands what inappropriate touch looks like. And what people say to hide the fact that they're inappropriately touching you. And that the fact that if it feels weird to you, it doesn't fucking matter what they say. They are touching you inappropriately. So if you tried to molest Phoenix, you better, you better keep her. Because that night I'm going to know about it. Because she's a terrible candidate. But I was a great candidate. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he hid behind this stature that he had in his church. Which is honestly why I think Mrs. Romans didn't do anything. Because I was just the daughter of a of a of a drug addict. She feel like she needed to compile a year's worth I don't think she was compiling. I think that's order. what she said to cover her ass. If my mother was any other parent in the planet, that office would have been stormed mm-hmm. because I told like. And so you think, maybe, I, you know so, what I'm. So to, in case in case your mom ever said something, Miss Romans would be like, hey, I've been working on it. Yeah, I don't know if she just wanted to make me feel like shit or like I did the wrong thing. I may not have even told that story. Now, because this has been a huge, uh, and I went through, like, I spent time in mental hospitals when I was a teenager. I did years in therapy, like, uh, but this has become something that has been being talked about in my family a lot for the last year. And uh, I remember my mom not letting me give her details, and my mom didn't know the details of what happened until this year. Wow. My dad, my recollection is that my mom called my dad and that my dad almost bought a plane ticket to come out and fuck this dude up. But then uh, this year, my dad doesn't remember it that way. You know, but we're talking, this is friggin' 30 years ago. Um, But it was just such a different time back then. And it was, it was such, it was so complicated. And uh, it's true. My mom would have not had a leg to stand on. If she tried to do something, this dude was high up in whatever fucking Portland church. And so I know so many people, though, that got molested by because uh, religion just creates this perfect cover. It used to, you know, now it's like, oh, yeah, priests molesting boys. But back then, if you were. You were religious, you were the best kind of person. Yeah, man, I uh, was a kid when. Uh, like the Catholic Church thing happened. And then sort of like the OJ trial where like I feel like I only knew about it through jokes. Like I've heard my whole life jokes about Catholic priests, right? Uh, but I don't really remember like oh, the, when before that. Story that. Was breaking and everything? And so wow. when I saw Spotlight, uh, it, I mean, God, that, that it, it, it just blew me away. Yeah. Uh, and How anybody is still in that fucking church blows my mind. Not mine. They moved 
people but see it's different it's not even no, like fucking mormonism no, no, no. they're well, not I even just... indoctrinated like that they're all like most catholics are such bullshit <laughs> like it, it's not their whole life you know because it's a whole cultural thing on the east coast the fact that they wouldn't just fuck this entire bullshit uh you guys covered up children getting molested is mind-blowing to me damn um this episode's just, just gonna be called "Everyone in the World Gets Molested." Gets molested. I, that's what I, I'm thinking. I just I want more people to talk about it, and I want more people to uh, talk about what it did to them and how it made us who we are now, and own it, and so that we can, uh, I don't know, be whole again. I just think there's so I just I was astounded by how many of my close friends that I love was like, hey, I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, like I have, uh, I have a fake sister because I've, you know, practically disowned this one, but I have this friend who's just, uh, been so close to me and she has like called me like a fake brother before. Like I feel, uh, we're just really close. And so when I, after I first told Pete that first day, or I told Jacob, and I, uh, I, I texted her. And I was like, "I need to see you soon. I have something really important that I want to tell you." And I set up a time to like talk to her, and I told her about it. And she tells me just an identical story about how her brother did it to her. And it's just like we cried together, and and it, and it's just also beautiful because it's like she replaced my sister. Wow. And I replaced her brother because she's disowned her brother. And uh, it's, I don't know. It was just beautiful. It wasn't hard to tell her at all. And then it wasn't hard for her to tell me at all. And I just want to know if there's more people out there that are... uh, thinking that it's just them yeah um i think that's probably where uh we should end it okay uh and this has been a very special episode of <laughs> super uplifting. mormon and the meth hen this is this is uh the podcast equivalent of that uh the movie they had you watch in school <laughs> So many people that are going to go tell their Mrs. Roman now. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening to Mormon and the Method. We'll catch you next time. Wait. I cannot believe we are doing Stop this the right presses. Now. Stop the oh presses. Oh, God. I almost looked this up while you were talking about well, it. Well, I didn't know it'd be so easy to find. You know Facebook so well. Yeah. So just we want to make a little addendum uh, to uh, this episode because Jessa found my uh, Facebook post about Cincinnati. Right. Uh, so the first post said, um, should I move to Cincinnati way in below? Yeah. And uh, I remembered that thread pretty well. But then the second one where I got mad at people, this is what I wrote. Should I stay close to my son, see him regularly, be a major part of his life, or just leave <laughs> way in below? No period. <laughs> Which I feel like is, is the... I'll, the punctuation makes a big uh, deal. I do, yeah, I do forego punctuation for jokes. Should I stay close to my son, see him regularly, and be a major part of his life, or just leave? Um, first comment, you already know the answer to that. 
but then you get people like uh, good old Rich who says, I look forward to all the comments where people forget you're a comedian and give you a sincere response. Uh, and uh, my lawyer, <laughs> my lawyer, who's also a comedian, he, he chimes in and is like, uh, it only takes six months to establish a prima facie case for abandonment. <laughs> then you won't even have to pay <laughs> child support. <laughs> then he replies and says, you can't call or write, though. <laughs> no contact. <laughs> Them's the rules. Uh, another comedian says, you should kill and eat him. <laughs> that way you absorb the best parts of him and become a new and better person. <laughs> And then the dude that I was talking about, he writes, wow, your friends turn dark fast. You love your son. He is your moon and stars. Make a choice that best serves him. But none of us know what best serves him. Children generally do better when there is a strong father figure in their lives, specifically their own biological father. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. I Oh. I imagine that your son falls into this category, but maybe leaving is what it will take for you to heal. And a whole you will be a better father than the hurt you can be. Wow. Anyway, I'm rooting for you. And I write, hey, not all my friends turn dark fast. Some of them just get real patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> and that only got Ugh. four likes. Fuck everyone on the, my well, friends list. it was list. a reply thread. Ugh, still though, that's... Uh, and then he said, you asked for opinions. You got them in spades. And I wrote, did I though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then there's, yeah, the people write, uh, the kids need a dad close to them, who I'm sure is a comedian who's never seen his kids. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they like, I mean, I still have friends who like, who know, like there's so many friends on this thread that get me right. that, that that's why I was so mad, you know? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> this dumbass comedian, this dumbass comedian who's closer for years has been how he looks like he has down syndrome. He <laughs> <laughs> that's his, like, he writes. This may come across a little harsh, dot, 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 but how did you get this far in far and life by asking <laughs> questions like that? <laughs> and I write, La Mau, I know, right? And uh, then I, and then later I say, now that I have you all here, please come to my shows this weekend. <laughs> and I have the link to tickets to my show. Uh, anyway, just wanted to let everyone know. We thought we might come back and end this on a happier note. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Jess, say goodbye. I never say goodbye. Just, I know. You're the one that says goodbye. I know, and I, I feel weird so about it. Say it! <laughs> Thanks, bye. If you put a Mormon and a Method together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all let you